Hey there, welcome to the Podcast Manager Show. I'm Lauren, your host, and thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for spending some time with me today. And my guest, who is Kim Parkinson. We are talking about Kim's journey from craft store owner to podcast manager and everywhere in between. Kim walks us through how she got started working online, how she found podcast management, how she pulled from her past business experiences to build her podcast management business, and what her business looks like now. She's working 10 hours a week and has seven clients. And she shares how she found a majority of those clients and what she's offering them. I love these episodes because it shows you how similar and how different podcast managers' businesses are. And I think this is another great example of this. She has really taken podcast management and turned it into her own business that fits her lifestyle. All right, let's go meet Kim. Hey there, I'm Lauren, and you're listening to the Podcast Manager Show, a podcast for podcast managers. Each week, we cover the technical and tactical aspects of running a profitable podcast manager business. With over 90,000 new shows starting each month, podcast managers are in demand. I mean, in demand. And I'm here to help you land your dream clients while reaching your monthly income goals without working like crazy. Are you ready? Let's get to today's episode. Kim, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me, Lauren. I'm really excited to hear more about your story and dive into how you became a podcast manager. Yeah, yeah. My story actually started in for podcast management in 2020, like so many others did. I originally started as a web designer in 2020, just looking for something to fill in and quickly realized that that was not going to be sustainable as recurring income. Mm -hmm. And somebody had mentioned to me that they loved to listen to podcasts and they were, and I said, you know what? I love audiobooks. I've been listening. I've been an Audible member for, gosh, maybe as long as they've been around, pre-Amazon Audible. And I thought, you know what? I can, I can do that. My husband's a musician. So we had all of that kind of set up in the house, which was nice. And I had not been, I'd already been a entrepreneur previous to that. I had owned a craft store in uh, 2012 to 2017. And I um, already had the idea of knowing what I needed to do to get a business up off the ground. So I did a little bit of research and I actually found your program through someone else, which was great, which led me to where I am today. And I love it. I absolutely love what I do now. Yeah, I love that. So did you find it through like just a random person in a Facebook group? Is that what you mean? Or like like a friend or acquaintance? I actually found it in a Facebook group uh, through Chantel Venter. Yes. Okay. I remember her and I did some collaborations. Now, what got you interested in working online? Like, so you, you had this, you had the craft store, you ended that or not, maybe not interested, but what introduced you to the online business world? Sure. So in early world, I would actually, I would say 20, 2008 to maybe 2011, pre-owning the craft store, maybe a little bit of overlap there. I actually taught craft classes online. So I already had a little bit of that online um, bug, so to speak. And interestingly enough, I had actually already 
done a lot of the voiceovers and done a lot of the recording with all the light setups and, and everything like that. And again, when I owned the store, I actually had my own TV show as well. And I was executive producer there. So that was obviously on YouTube and online. So I kind of already had an idea of where to move my next business. And of course, you know, once COVID hit, I, I was actually working at a financial advisor at that time. And I knew that I wanted to leave and I wanted to find a different path. And this just happened to be the path that I chose. Yeah. Now, uh, I don't talk to a lot of people that go from web design to podcast management. So I'd love to know from your perspective, like, were there things that overlap that you liked about web design that you now use in your podcast management business? I think a lot of what you would use is just the technical side. So I would consider being a podcast manager and being a web designer, both kind of in the realm of like tech, tech BA, tech, tech systems, that type thing. And so that is, I think, where the overlap does happen. A lot of it is automation. And I do a lot of automating of my podcast management side that I do. You know, I keep an Asana board and I make sure that it's up to date. And I would do that with my web design clients as well. So there is a little bit of the back of the house type uh, look there. But as far as the actual keeping track of any kind of software, eh, not so much. <laughs> yeah, I was just interested because I don't know that much about, you know, web design. So it was just like, maybe there's something. And obviously the creativity, you know, podcast management has a level of of creativity. Definitely. And I think I draw a lot on that when I'm creating or I'm editing or producing or strategizing. I draw a lot on my previous business experience with the crafting industry because it is very creative, you know, and the marketing avenues for that as well. I love that portion of it. I love being able to tell a client, you know, maybe we can reach more visitors if you just ask to share the episode. Or if you, you know, maybe we can talk about more Instagram or whatever it might be. It's such a great avenue to kind of mesh them together. My previous marketing experience with a new podcast management. So that's the part I really love. Mm, yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Now, when you were thinking about pivoting from web design to podcast management, did you have any fears or hesitations about podcast management? That's interesting because actually it was the opposite. I actually was really fearful in the web design that so many people were going into it at that time that there wasn't going to be enough people sustaining that industry. You know, it's very, um, somebody had mentioned it's a race to the bottom. You know, the pricing is the race to the bottom. And I thought, that's, that's not where I want to be. And the idea that I had to go out and find a new client every month or every other month, oh, that was yeah, that just made me like cringe, honestly. And I had looked into podcast management the summer of 2020. And I thought, yeah, I can do this. But it wasn't until I think September is when I actually joined September 2020, I joined your program. And I had my first client before I finished the pro before I made my second payment. That's, <laughs> my oh, that's client. awesome. So, I love yeah. hearing that. <laughs> 
because I, I hear a lot like, oh, before I finished, I had my first client, which I love. But it's like, well, how long did it take you to finish the program? Because some people, once they get the client, then they like, you know, they move slower through the program, which is fine. We can all move at our own pace. But I love hearing, you know, before you made your second payment, because that's really, re- it's very like rewarding for you. Sure. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm already seeing an ROI on this. Yes, absolutely. You know, it was great because I, I really, that's what I was looking forward to. I was looking for the continuity, the ability to have the next client, the ability to grow with, you know, recurring income. And that first client that I got in October of 2020, I, she's still a client and she's continued and she's actually added on services. She now does a YouTube Bible study. So we do more for her as well. Well, I do more. I say we, so it sounds like there's more than one of us. Yeah. <laughs> Beef it up a little. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I was also so attracted to the continuity of podcast management. And in fact, I think what I hear more of from students is that it's like it's actually harder for them to break up with their clients. It's like their clients aren't going anywhere, yet for different reasons, we, we need to break up with clients at certain points. And that's hard because you're like, oh man, they would stick with me forever, but my pricing has increased or I don't really want to offer that service anymore or whatever it is. Yeah. I actually have that um, that internal debate right now too. I have a client and I really need to increase her price. And I have the letter. I have it. I, I know that I want to increase it and I want to give her plenty of leeway time. But I have a feeling she's going to leave. And not that that's a big deal. I can open it up to somebody new, which is great. But at the same time, I like what she has to talk about. I Mm -hmm. like her as a person. So it's like, oh, it's one of those, does she remain a charity case? Yes, I totally feel you. I have been in those shoes. And I've I've let a month and two months pass (laughs) sitting on that decision. And you eventually pull the trigger and whatever, whatever happens, happens, right? That's right. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So then you you talked about how you found your first client pretty quickly. Where did you find them at? Your Facebook group. Oh, that? Yeah. The, the Facebook group or the higher form? The higher form. Yeah. Gotcha, it, gotcha. It you post in the Facebook group. Sure. So that's actually how I first found my first two clients. Oh, and I love that. Altogether, altogether, I found three clients there. So that's great. And um, so I have the first client was a launch and found that right through that. She was has been great to work with. The second client was kind of interesting because you read in the Facebook group. And again, these were early on. So there was no ton of people in the group at that time either. There was, it was pretty low numbers in late 2020, as far as the number of people. So the pool wasn't as much to, to weed through as far as the clients. Mm-hmm. And what this particular client, she was only supposed to be very temporary. She was like, I only need it for a couple of weeks. And I was like, it's fine. And we did. And then she kept coming back and she took a hiatus and she just came back again last month. So wow. it's great. Yeah. And then the third client is really new. I picked her up. Um, it was posted in November of 2021. And I picked her up in December. She started in January. And this is something kind of interesting. I think you'll you'll appreciate. She told me she picked me out of the pool of hundreds that she got because I was the only one that followed up with a follow-up email. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. I was like, that's not even possible. Right. Everybody <laughs> follows up. Are you kidding me? But she said, you were the only one out of the hundreds that I got that followed up. And I was like, 
okay, well, good for me. Yeah, good thing. <laughs> I mean, you know, that that does honestly shock me that no one else followed up. I know. But it does confirm the fact that I, I hear all the time and I experience as like on the client side as well is that business basics go so far. And, and it's not to like guilt anyone who's like forgotten to follow up or, you know, their system was broken when, you know, it's like things happen, right? But the basics, people, you know, in, in just being in wanting to land that client. And so you're like thinking about it and you're following up and you're kind of putting your best foot forward. That goes a long way. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the other thing that was interesting about that is I actually started just this year. I might've mentioned it to you as well. I just started this year keeping a very close eye on all of the leads that I get through, whether it be through your group, through another Facebook group, through whatever. And I keep the spreadsheet. I keep their name, their email address. When I did the first initial reach out, when I did the second and the third and I do have one that I should done five for because I really wanted to work with her, but she just never replied. And I have actually listened. She's not, she has not produced a new episode. So mm. maybe she just decided to go in a different direction, but I really wanted to work with her. She was somebody I knew from before. And I thought for sure, like she was going to be like, Oh, I remember you. Sure. Let's work together. But maybe she's just moved her business in a different direction. And that's important to know too. Sometimes. Sometimes they just decide, oh, no, this isn't, that's not where I want to go. So it's kind of good to know. Yeah. Or they're pivoting the whole podcast idea, you know, or they're pivoting their whole business, right? Like, yeah, you you never know what is going on behind the scenes with entrepreneurs because we're, we're always fine tuning things. And, and that's a good reminder too, that, you know, follow up because you don't know what's going on. And then once you're like, whatever, period you're like okay I followed up enough they'll they'll reach out or I'll reach out in a six months you know you you put it as a reminder for a lot later yeah yeah and you know the other thing I also love and I'm sure you do too is referrals you know you get those first clients and then they refer you to somebody else and they refer you to somebody else I love that when they refer me I feel like it's almost like a shoe-in too Mm -hmm, to the next mm -hmm. to the next client so those are those are great to have. And they don't require as much follow up, which is really great as well. Yeah, I honestly I hear that a lot too, is just like how warm of a lead that referral is. And so then you can kind of you can show up more comfortably because you're like, oh, this person already has a level of trust with me because their friend recommended me. And so you can kind of just more show up as you are and they're like, oh great, you know, this she she's you know, she's confident, she's knows what she's doing, you know, you can kind of just more you can shine more, I think. Yes, exactly. And they have an understanding of where your work is at too. You know, they've already listened to their friends podcast, Mm. or, you know, they've already listened to some of your work that you've done. I mean, I do have on my website, I have a couple of my client podcast episodes right on there. So that somebody can just go and listen to the kind of work that I do for editing, production, mixing and all that. But it's nice when it's coming from somebody that's referred to you because they've already been listening to that for a while. And so they they can see maybe the progression of where you started Mm. and where it's going. And so that's kind of a that's a great kudos for any any new editor, any kind of referral like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that makes me think one of my favorite questions to ask is what 
services, maybe what services do you offer and which ones are your favorite as far as podcast management goes? Sure. So I actually offer almost everything from launch to editing, transcription, show notes, everything pretty much. Mm-hmm. And um, But my favorite is strategy. I know. Okay. No, I totally I, agree. <laughs> I think it's I the, yeah, I think, I think it's because I have the background in business from owning an own store, having the TV show, doing all of the other things that I've done. And a little bit of the web design comes into that too, because that's marketing. That's certainly marketing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I always view, I always tell clients too, I always view podcasting as a marketing part of your business. You, when you're going to write this on your spreadsheet or, or, you know, however you do your books, when you write this on your spreadsheet for your books, this goes in the marketing area. Mm-hmm. You know, my services go in the marketing area because that's what we're doing. We're marketing your business. We're marketing your course, your whatever it is that you offer your coaching. And I think that people, once they realize that this is marketing, they really kind of have a more relaxed view of it. And I think that makes it a lot easier for them to speak to the people because then they speak to them as they should as a marketing area, rather than I'm just having a conversation with my, you know, my client or whatever. It's a lot easier for them to So kind of pull in the idea of whatever their course is too into that podcast episode, which ultimately would be, you know, the best thing for them is to talk about it during the episode, not just at the beginning and the end. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. And if that client has a lot of experience listening to other podcasts that are maybe more conversational, you know, comedy podcasts or true crime podcasts, they might not have that, that mindset of like what you're saying is, oh, there's a really natural way of using this as a marketing tool. And it still is, it still has that podcast vibe of conversational and, you know, value heavy, but it's also, you know, talking about something specific, you know, whatever you offer in a lot of different ways. So yeah, I can, I can see how that can be a big shift for a client. Hey there, I wanted to interrupt this episode with a quick message for you. If you are listening to this show, then you are either wanting to become a podcast manager or currently a podcast manager. And I wanted to invite you to my free masterclass where I show you how to become a profitable podcast manager without working more than 20 hours per week. So in this masterclass, I break down what it would look like for you to be making three to 5K per month working as a podcast manager without working more than 20 hours a week. Not only do I break that down, but I also talk about the three myths that I used to believe that was keeping me away from being a profitable podcast manager and that you might be believing as well. That and I share all the details about my podcast manager program. So if you're interested in learning more learning the three myths that might be keeping you away from becoming a profitable podcast manager, or you just want to see what does it take to be a profitable podcast manager, then grab a seat to my masterclass. I would love to see you there. Just head to laurenwrighton.com forward slash masterclass, and it'll show the next available time. Okay, awesome. That is it. Go sign up for the masterclass. I cannot wait to see you there. Let's get back to the episode. Yeah. I mean, even this podcast we're doing right now, such a great strategy. You know, you're talking to a student 
she's talking about your course and it's getting people interested. They're like, oh, what is that course? What are, What is she talking about? Mm-hmm. How did she manage to get those clients? How did she manage to, you know, this is my full-time business. I work from home full-time and this is what I do. And so, yes, I do have a husband as well. So it's not just me paying the mortgage every month, but you know, this is what I do. And I, I currently have, uh, actually I was counting this morning. I just signed on two new clients this month. Ooh, congrats. Thank you. So I now have seven, which I know is a lot, but they're all in different stages. And that first initial one, I think I was telling you about, she does a two minute podcast, so it literally doesn't take me any time at all to edit. So I, and produce. So I, I don't, I, you know, it doesn't take any time. Yeah. But I do actually count all of my time as well. I turn that toggle on for everything. And I am currently, this is going to be crazy. I'm currently working about 10 hours a week. Wow. That's it. That's amazing. That's, yeah, that's crazy. That's awesome. I was just going to ask you how many hours you're working a week because you said seven is a lot. And it's because I've said before that my, the most I ever had at one time was seven and it was a lot for me, but I, but I was working 20 hours a week. You know, if you have 30 or 40 hours a week, then obviously your number is going to change. But yeah, that's amazing. You're still working 10 hours a week and you're doing the editing for everything. I am. Yes. I did. I always edit in one and a half time. Mm-hmm. So that makes it a lot easier. A lot of my clients actually probably 50% or 70% of my clients have podcasts that are maybe like 25 minutes and less, you know, so you're now you're talking, maybe it's only taking you half an hour to do that rather than the whole you know, hour or whatnot. And it's interesting. I was actually one of my first initial clients I mentioned earlier, she came back just last month and I looked back at my notes and the very first episode I ever did for her, it took me five and a half hours to edit one episode and now it's taking me like an hour. So it's it's great. So I, I do love I do love that part of it. Yes. That progress is so <laughs> mind blowing because you can re- you can think back to yourself editing that and it taking you five and a half hours and thinking, Well, do you remember what you thought? I remember thinking, This is not sustainable. I'm never gonna make yes. any money. <laughs> yes. And I have had I've thought that as well. I have been in those shoes and then wow, you know. And then how long has it been? A year? Yeah, maybe a year and a half now. Yes, exactly. Wow. Yeah. And you're the that much faster. That is <laughs> that is so wild. You know, the other thing I want to think I want to say about that is I think it's also because I know the client's voice. Mm. And I know what she's gonna say. You know, at this point, I know she always says, you know, you know, you know, a lot. <laughs> so I, you know, there I go now. <laughs> I try very hard to leave some of them in because that's how she talks. Yes. So if you met her in person, you would expect her to say, you know, and I want to just kind of think about that too, because if you're going to meet this person and they're probably never not going to say, um, uh, you know, so, oh, that's one big one for one of my clients. She says, so, oh, actually she says, right. All the time. Right. Right. And Again, after you've worked with them for a little bit of time, you realize that's just how they talk. Mm-hmm. So let's leave some of those in. If it's a big um, or a big, you know, I might take that out. But for the most part, in your poor editor, haven't you? Oh, is that she talking? <laughs> right. She has to decipher between <laughs> what's a real um and what's a 
overwhelmed to describe the situation. <laughs> my, my apologies to her. <laughs> but, but I just think that once you get to know your client, it makes the editing so much easier, so much smoother and gets your show notes to be written in their voice too. You really kind of step into that role and you kind of know what type of person that is they are and can write like them, can edit for them, which is great. And yeah. that's the great thing about having a consistent podcast producer is they understand you, they get you, they can edit for your voice. And that's important. Yeah. And I, in one of the things I feel like you're pointing out is like, there's a way that someone speaks and then there's those pauses and those verbal pauses that they that they have as they're, you know, pivoting what they're saying or trying to think of the, you know, and you only learn that after a bit of time listening to them. So, you know, yeah, that's so good. And yeah, you become such more of an asset to them because you have like studied their voice because you're that's what you're doing that's your job is listening so you're just naturally taking that all in and and really providing a good service and there's a lot of nuances you know I have one client and she doesn't like it when she talks fast so she doesn't want the pre-roll to be something that's very fast and sometimes if she gets excited about it she will talk really fast and then I know well that's not going to be good pre-roll because she doesn't like it when she talks about it. And she doesn't want any sections that were dead space. She doesn't want any of them taken out, even if it's seconds. So again, just by knowing some of your clients and what they're looking at that, or, or what they want, that makes a big deal. That makes a big difference. And that makes you valuable for the long term, which ultimately is what I'm looking at. I'm looking at long-term clients, not you know necessarily something that's short-term. So Yeah, definitely. Now, you said that you provide really all the services. How often are you doing launches with, you know, with working 10 hours or so? How often are you doing launches or are you kind of wanting to do launches? Sure. So I actually have only done three launches over the course of the time that I've been doing podcast management. I do have a VIP launch that I offer on my website. But I have not, I, I only have one bite so far and she's uh, meeting with her later this month. So we'll see how that is. I only just put it up there this year. So it's pretty new. And um, I'll tell you another thing that I do offer that I've gotten a lot of bites on, which people are loving is my, I call it a podcast blueprint. Um, my podcast season blueprint is what it's called. And so basically they go in to a recording session. They just go in to wherever they are and they record, they record, they record, and then they upload their entire season to me. So eight episodes, 10 episodes. And then they say, I want the first one to be released on this date. And then just every week or every other week after that, you do the show notes, you do this. Here's my information. My hands are washed of this episode. Thank you very much. Or of this season. Thank you very much. And I have one and she's uh, she's doing it in a podcast room, actually, wherever she is um, this weekend. And it's such a great way because it's, it's kind of like a quick infusion of money because they pay for it all up front. Mm-hmm. And then you can kind of fit that in whenever you have time, you know. So her first episode is not going to be released until late April, but she's recording now. 
So that gives me, you know, if I want to just fully write through all of the production of all of those episodes, I can, or I can trip them out as I have time in between clients. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I know that's not quite a launch, but I know that's not quite what you talked about. But, you know, there's a couple of different avenues that I have for, for my, my business here. So, yeah, that's so cool. And I would love having all of those episodes because personally, I would think like, okay, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to try to batch do these because it would be, I just love being ahead. So yeah. knowing you have like all these episodes scheduled out and this is just going to roll out beautifully, like that would be so appealing to me as a podcast manager. Yeah. And they've actually, so this is two people that are going to be doing this together. And I think they've already said, we're going to just schedule the room again in September and we'll mm-hmm. do another, you know, 10 episodes in September. So while they're not recurring every month clients, they are still recurring clients because they'll come back again. Well, hopefully they'll come back again in September. I can't, I can't see why they wouldn't come back again in September. And I know at that time, you know, I'm going to, again, have that ability to just edit as I, as I have time, as I have, as I see fit, and then just schedule it all out for them. So yeah, I, I love, I love this little batching area of the business and I wish more of my clients would batch. <laughs> that's for sure. Yes. And yeah, I think that's such a cool offering, especially for someone who, an entrepreneur podcaster that works in that way, you know, some of us are like, oh, we, you know, we do this on Monday and this on Tuesday and this on Wednesday. But there's, there's definitely entrepreneurs out there that are like project focused. So they're like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to record these podcast episodes. And then I want to be done with this project for a little while. I I even had a client who wanted to treat interviews like that. So we would do, we would schedule all of her interviews in one month for like a quarter or, or maybe longer, you know, as many as we could get in in one month. And then she wouldn't do any interviews for two or three months. And she loved that because it just, it was, it was, it felt like a lot of work for her each week to do like an interview. And so she would still do her solos as, you know, as needed, but that felt right for her. And I was like, yeah, cool. If I can get a backlog, then I'm happy. Oh yeah, absolutely. Those are the best because I feel like especially now where spring's coming. So I'd like to get out into the garden maybe in a couple of weeks. Um, I live in Boston, so it's still pretty cold, but I just love to get outside. And so just to be able to have those batched and know, you know, I don't have to do so much work today. I can go outside and play with the dogs or the chickens or whatever and get some gardening done. I I love having that freedom. And mm. that's, that's actually what this, entire business model has allowed me to do, which is, which is wonderful. I love it. I absolutely love it. Yeah. I I love it too. And you, you have to like pinch yourself because sometimes for me, I'll forget that it wouldn't maybe be this way naturally, right? You wouldn't necessarily just land here and land into this flexibility. Instead, you kind of, you have to, you have to put yourself out there and you have to design it and go for it. Yeah. And I, always bring a lot more information to the table. You know, I'm always helping my clients tweak their microphone or tweak their area or whatever it is, or tweak what they have to say, you know, rewrite their intro or help them rewrite. I'm not going to totally do it, but help them rewrite their intro. If it's maybe not working for their business at this time, you know, maybe they're 
talking about a different course. Well, let's put this ad in. And, and I love that there's so many different avenues that you can, you know, pull and push for. And just having that downtime to think about those strategically actually helps me and them. So this is actually one of the better industries that I've been in, I will say. And just having that connection with people, you know, I know that I'm listening to their voice. Somebody had said that one time in one of the audios that I'd listened to, you know, you're not, maybe it was you too. You're listening to their voice every day, but they don't ever hear your voice. They only see whatever you write on the keyboard. Yeah. So I've actually been kind of thinking, maybe I'll just do like a special little audio for them, you know, each month or something. Just be like, hey, I love what you're doing. Just want you to hear my voice and hear reassurance. So kind of like a little, hey, I know I hear you all the time. So why don't, I, why don't you hear what I have to say? So. It's so true. Yeah. And they know that you're listening to them all the time. And they're, you know, they're putting out these, these episodes where they're being, you know, they're sharing, maybe it's vulnerability, maybe it's not, but yeah, they're, you're listening to everything. And so I think a lot of podcasters do want feedback in some way from the people on their team, just to say like, Hey, yeah, or I just love that episode. Like me as a person, you know, I love that episode. I think that goes a long way. Yeah, I actually have one client and she calls me every month at the beginning of the month and she she just wants to hear my voice. She wants to hear what I have to say about her, you know, previous four episodes, five episodes and what I thought of them and how can she move forward and where, you know, how can she get more listeners? What can we do? And it's it's great because having that one-on-one connection with them is really important for us as people, you know, just being able to connect with somebody else you know, for me, I'm working alone at my house all day long. I have one college son that lives home. My other son is off in the military. And um, my youngest is here and he's just doing college from home. So it's just him and I and the dogs all day long. And so it's great to have a little bit more interaction just to hear from somebody once in a while. So yeah, I've been kind of thinking about maybe adding that into my services. Just a little, hey, how are you? Just want you to hear me. Yeah, a, a check-in. Yeah, personal check-in, sure. Uh, now, I would love to hear like where you see yourself going in like six months, maybe 12 months, depending on how you think of about it. Do you see, you know, things changing at all? Or what are you um, planning for? Yeah, that's a great question. So I just recently this year hired a business coach to help me with some of this. And yeah, and I, you know, I've had a couple business coaches along the way, but this one here, I went full bore paid for the whole year package, you know, that whole thing. Mm -hmm. And I I really see myself like, you know, I want to get to certain monthly revenue goals. I have that first. And once I get to that, then I would like to start farming is not the right thing, but farming out the, the, you know, getting team together, I guess is what I should say. Just getting a couple of people onto the team to help me with maybe some of the editing. I know, you know, I'm doing it pretty quickly right now, but I want to learn more. I'm always about learning, a huge learner. So I want to know what every single one of those buttons in Audacity does. I want to know what every single one of those buttons in Descript does. Maybe I want to learn, you know, Hindenburg or Audition or something new or whatever. So I would like to grow and I can't do that maybe without some help. 
you know, without somebody to help me on that side. So I think the next step is, is about six months or so. I'd like to have somebody helping me, somebody on my team that will either be doing show notes, which is not my strong suit, but, um, or maybe doing, helping out with some editing or a little mixture of both. And I think in a year, I would like to have a couple of team members, definitely, just to grow maybe a little bit of an agency going there. So yeah, I would love that. Yeah, that's so exciting. Now, uh, my last question for you is, what would what advice would you have for yourself? And you were, we just did an advice episode, which this this one that we're recording now is going to come out about a month after that one. But we just did an advice episode and you're featured in it. So go check that out if you haven't listened to it. Um, but what piece of advice would you have for yourself starting out now that you're like a year and a half in? Yeah. So my advice in that was to just get started and it still is, you know, and I did, I did actually do exactly that. Just get started. I also would say, because you have the most amount of time right now than you'll ever have. So say tomorrow I get a new client. Well, I have less time. Another day, I have another client, so I have less time. So I have the most amount of time right now. So don't put off until tomorrow to learn all of what all those buttons mean in Audacity. Don't put off to learn how to add in some reverb or whatnot. Just do it now. Just go right forward and start learning. Spend 10 minutes a day. I think it was you that said 20 minutes a day for a year and you're an expert. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm forgetting what was it 20 minutes a day? I think it was. Yeah, 20 minutes a day and you know you know more than 80% of people in that industry. Which yeah. I wasn't able to find the source for that. So it was like disclaimer this could just be <laughs> false, but it was in a marketing course which is pretty rep- reputable. So I was like, okay, I think I can trust this. In any way, it's just interesting to think about. Okay, you know, even if it's not 20 minutes, maybe whatever it is, it's like it's just the idea that when you start, and like you said, you just start learning, there comes a point where you're an expert and you're like, oh, how did I get here? I still feel new. You know, I still feel like there's there's so much more to learn because there always is. But you've started and you consistently learned. Yeah. Yeah. And I would just, I would just always say that. Just keep learning. Just you have 20 minutes a day next year at this time. I'm an expert. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever it Own is. It. Yeah. Exactly. I will I will own that as well. <laughs> I, I do love that. Even if it's even if it's maybe not quite true. Think about it though. Twenty minutes a day, you probably will be an expert. That's that's really sound advice, actually. Yeah. And especially like in the podcasting industry where the number is growing of people that are in really invested in this industry, but there's still so much room for service providers who are focused on podcasting and that in the industry and it's constantly growing. So I'm like, if there's definitely, if there's an industry that that stat is correct for, I feel like it's got to be podcasting. Yeah. And it's such a big, vast area to really hone your skills on too as mm-hmm. well. So yeah, absolutely. I feel the same way. Yeah. Well, Kim, this has been so great. I'm so excited for people to listen to your story because I think it's it's just so inspiring and motivating for people. So where can they, the listeners, find you after this episode? Sure. So I'm on Instagram as KP Creative Media. That's my first two initials, KP, Kim Parkinson, Creative Media. 
You can also find me on Facebook there as well. And I do have a website, kpcreativemedia.com. So that is great. Okay, awesome. Well, we will link that in the show notes. And thank you again so much for being on the show today. Thank you, Lauren. I appreciate it. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today. Come connect with me over on Instagram at Lauren Wrighton or in the Podcast Manager Mastermind Facebook group. And let me know what you liked about this episode. I love, love, love hearing your guys' feedback and what is resonating with you. You can always find the links and resources mentioned in the show over at laurenwrighton.com. Special thanks to my amazing podcast manager, Marcy Page, on producing this episode. All right, that's it. Until next time, I'll be cheering you on.